Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Yui Insurance. Trustpilot rated us five stars for performance. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Yui. It is NRL Fantasy Podcast time, round five team list to go through. Your name's Chris Kennedy, and backed by popular demand is Richie Kenzie. Don Brock is still on paternity leave, the bludger. Um, huge uh, round five team list to go through. We'll get cracking straight into it. Um, Richie, what did you make of the Broncos and the Tigers at first glance? Brisbane, uh, obviously a few changes there in the forward pack. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, good to be back, and congrats to uh, Dom and his wife, I should say, while I'm uh, filling the boots. Um, yeah, interesting game, this one. Um, doesn't look like there's too, too much happening um, with the Broncos. I, I note uh, Patrick Carrigan uh, into the side for his first game. Um, he looks... Yeah, he'll be a wait and see, I suppose. Uh, David Fafita comes in for the suspended uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. Two weeks uh, the suspension, which means yep. uh, David Fafita, who's already renowned, uh, quite a good points per minute scorer, should get an opportunity to um, press his claims for uh, extended minutes as well. Um, yeah, beyond that, obviously the story is the Broncos just not going so well. Hasn't mm. quite clicked um, under the new coach just yet. One win from four. So uh, with a home game this weekend, they'll be looking to uh, arrest that uh, that trend. I notice uh, in their reserves they've got Payne Haas, who's available mm. this week for the first time after a club-imposed suspension. Now, I would expect him to come into the 17, especially the way that Anthony Seabold was talking after the game last week and needing some, some big bodies in there. Um, what that means for the existing bench, I'm not sure if he does come in, I would tip probably Gehemet Shibasaki to be the one to miss out, although that does sort of erase any sort of backline um, injury cover. But at, the, at this stage, uh, popular cheapy Thomas Flegler is safe. Scores-wise, um, Katoni Staggs was really good, but um, probably just the job security would be the issue with him. Yeah, Andrew McCulloch as well as one a lot of people have been umming and ahhing about. Mm. Um, started the season priced at about 50, and I think he's been delivering well within a point of that. I think his average is about 49. Um, I was reading somewhere recently uh, that he's, he's actually quite a fast starter to seasons, and he's maybe just a bit down on what he's done before. I, I think people are probably hoping for sort of high 50s, which he's, he's done in his first five games of recent seasons. But, um, yeah, just a few, maybe a couple of extra demerits and a few other things. And also, um, as you mentioned before the show, the Broncos' attack just not quite clicking is holding him back a touch. Uh, Jack Bird's the other one. He's still making fast cash, though. Unfortunately, a, a big score went begging last week. He dropped a try over the line and uh, I think missed three or four tackles in the last five or ten minutes when he was shifted into a, a roaming role. So finished up with 32, but it could have easily been mid-50s or better. Um, they host the Tigers, who were the better team for roughly 78 minutes last week against Penrith, but couldn't quite get over the line. Um, in their case, uh, Elijah Taylor, a bit of a, um, a fantasy grafter of years gone by, has actually been dropped, it looks like, to the uh, the reserves with Josh Alloye, who put on a good score last week, promoted to the starting 13. Um, semi-popular cheapy Thomas McKayley is back, um, hasn't really recaptured the, um, I guess, the, the points per minute haul that he, he managed in round one. Um, otherwise, Robbie Farrer, I think top scorer in fantasy after four rounds, is uh, winding about the clock there. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say for the Tigers, it's the uh, it's the fellas in uh, jumpers nine to eleven who uh, probably intrigued me most. Obviously, Farah has um, just mm. started with a bang, and um, obviously, first two rounds um, uh, boosted scores from tries, etc. But um, he's just sort of back to doing what he does best. Um, we've got uh, Alex Twal, who we mentioned last week as well. Another mid fifty score, I think, from high forties minutes, and we know he's obviously yep. more than capable of going at more than the 
points a minute. Uh, believe he's still priced at around only about 630 gram, which puts him at about a 42 point average or something in that in that mm. realm, um, which makes him, I think, a very very um, attempt, tempting pickup uh, this week, given that he's pumping out scores which are in excess of 10 points higher, and that's that's really bargain territory. Last of all, Ryan Madison, who I saw <laughs> scored 59 uh, last week with a try, so take that out, it's 51. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's been very very consistent. But I guess for his owners, I think they snapped him up preseason at a high 40s price tag and he hasn't yet missed a 50 which is all you can ask of your your primos so he's going well certainly been consistent um, yeah, otherwise not too many buys or sells I don't think in the uh, the Tigers list so we'll Luke jump. Garner perhaps is maybe yeah I had a few crazy. questions about Luke Garner I might get to him more in the questions but uh, how quickly do people jump off after one below pass score he managed 47 last week with an injury and only played about half an hour and then 29 is a bit below par against Penrith he's still got a lowish break even on you know, it's disappointing if he's in your 17, which he probably was for, for anyone who owned him, but um, I'm not ready to jump off just yet, I don't think. Um, looking ahead, the, um, I don't know if you want to call it, call it the um, the Cartwright Cup or the, the Peachy Cup or the Brennan Cup, but the Titans are taking on the Panthers at Seabus Super at 6pm on Friday afternoon. Um, Titans, few talking points there. So AJ Brimson um, off the bench last week, he came on after about 50 minutes at fullback with Michael Gordon going off. Um, Mitch Rain, who I think we tipped in this podcast to play some pretty hefty minutes regardless of the, the bench structure, ended up getting 80, which he's now done on 100% of occasions that Nathan Peets has been unavailable um, in the last season and a bit. Um, anyone else catching your eye in the Titans lineup? Yeah, I was going to say of Rain last week, going sort of about half a point a minute. I think he scored 44, which again is, is very serviceable for a guy who's priced 10 points cheaper. Um, beyond that, Bryce Cartwright was the other one people sort of um, jumped on. It was really a choice of the two for a lot of coaches. Um, delivered probably what maybe quite a few people who jumped on might have feared, just a sh- mm. just shy of 30-point uh, score. Um, the missed tackles creeping back in there. He he could easily bounce back with um, this 80-point 80, yeah, 80 um, games, but I think... He was kind of tempting from a, a, um, a cash flow point of view last week. If you didn't buy him last week, now's probably not the time to do so. He's now about 350000 yeah. maybe touch more. Uh, Jai Arrow obviously proved that the previous week was, hopefully, a blip on the radar, uh, back to a 50-point score or thereabouts. Um, but, yeah, those, those guys are probably the most sort of um, significant players in the, uh, in the Titans lineup. Yeah, I certainly am one of the ones who jumped on Bryce Cartwright because I lost two cheap halves and couldn't afford to upgrade to a premo. And it was him or Chanel Harris-Tavita, and it would appear I got that decision uh, in the, the less ideal mm. um, fashion. Uh, Jai Arrow, like you mentioned, back to form, which is encouraging to see. Looking at the Panthers, um, they got away with, I guess, a morale-boosting win um, last week against the Tigers. Nathan Cleary, interestingly, hardly kicked um, at all in general play. His kick metres were double figures, I was certainly under 100, whereas um, James Maloney was up around 350, I think. Uh, 34 was his score in the end, despite that conversion and match-winning field goal, which is a little bit of a worry for owners, but I would say that groin niggle that's sort of been troubling him um, is not going to be a, a long-term thing. Um, elsewise in the scores, uh, Viliami Kikau was reasonable off the bench back to starting. I think he's probably going to help their, their whole team structure. Um, anyone else in the Panthers 
catching your eye? Yeah, well, I see uh, Dallin Watini's Lesniak move to fullback uh, at the expense of Dylan Edwards. Uh, a True. few people in the fantasy community have been rather unkindly referring to him as Deadwoods uh, <laughs> in the last week or so. A bit hard on the kid. He's obviously had a couple of fairly ordinary games, um, finds himself on the wing this week, but um, you know we know his talent. I'm sure he'll bounce back. Um, that's probably the most significant move in, in their back line. As you said, um, Nathan Cleary, for his owners, myself included, um, clearly playing on one leg at the moment. Um, 60 kick metres is for a guy who can get you know 400, that's 20 points in kick yeah. metres weekly. Um, you know, if, if he's going to be hitting 50 points um, you know, routinely, you really rely on him getting upwards of 20 points in, in just pure kick metres, sort of easy base stats. Um, yeah, look, I think he's going to be a very, very attractive buy, I think, when he's back to full fitness. I think last week I said the stat was when he's fully fit and kicking goals, he averages just a tad over 60, and um, he's clearly not fully fit now. So I think non-owners will get a, a look at him around origin time, maybe even a bit before at a, at a very good discount. Mm, he had a similar situation last year, didn't he? He had a few um, when he did his, he did. I think it was his knee early on, and he you know, sort of got eased back a little bit and, and wasn't kicking goals. And when he got back to full fitness, he you know the average got back up there. Um, James, Dylan, James Fisher-Harris has been quite a high scorer yeah. this year too, I've noticed, actually. I think he got like 60 tackles last week or something. Just it's the 60. Pretty monstrous. Um, I'm not sure he can keep up the current rate of scoring. Um, Dallin, if he's going to stay at fullback, so I guess interesting. He's about 100k cheaper than he started after some really quiet scores. But if he's going to be playing fullback, he might be a... Um, Guess a, a bit of a sideways trade to, to free up some cash from a, a peaked cow. Uh, second game on Friday, the Cowboys up against the Storm. Cowboys just not quite sure what to do with their um, their backline at the moment. They've got Ben Hampton this week named on the wing. Um, whether he ends up there, um, you'd think he would. He's never played there before in his NRL career. Um, Anari Tuala comes into the centres with Jabed Bowen, the man to miss out. Um, Score-wise, fantasy-wise, is really not a whole lot of interest in this Cowboys side. Um, Jordan Carr, who's scraping up some slow cash, he's still going. He's made almost 50 grand, but he's going to be a sell pretty soon if you've still got him. And Michael Morgan's probably the other one, um, 50 in a well-beaten side. He's absolutely the uh, the focal point of their attack, and a couple of try assists and, and offloads boosted him up to a reasonable score last week. Yeah, Michael Morgan, um, he looks like he's going to deliver at least a 45-point average um, this season. And, and as I think round, was it round one, round two, very early in the season, he um, has proven that when he really gets on the stat sheet with a mm. whole lot of different categories, he can he can pump out a boomer. So, um, yes, definitely one to hang on to until he's you know hitting a break-even of around 45, 50 each week. Um, as you said, yeah, the Cowboys' back line, uh, just struggling to get it together. Um, Jordan Carr, who is a uh, head-scratcher for owners, I think um, actual bank interest is probably quicker than his rate of <laughs> cash accrual but um, look he's uh, he does provide cover for both centre and the wing fullback line so he, I, for me personally and I'm sure for a lot of other coaches he's a, a break glass option just hang on to him um, let him peak and uh, he's, he's an option if, if you find yourself struck by injury they take on the storm. Um, so last week, Cameron Smith, one of the, the greatest of all time, was shown absolutely zero respect by young Jaden Ockenbaugh, who trampled over the top of him, I think it was three times in the end. Um, Smith, I think, finished up with seven missed tackles and a score of 42, which was very out of character uh, by his standards. Um, Cameron Munster's probably the um, the real guy in that lineup at the moment worth talking about, who's, I think, now the third best half in fantasy after coming off 60, 66 or thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, um, he's just putting together a lot of attention attacking stats. Uh, if it was a choice of the two um, Melbourne halves, uh, Munster was definitely the way to go at the start of the season. I think averaging yeah, around about 52, 53. Um, he's just extremely busy. Um, very, very dynamic player. Very, um, 
hard for opposition players to, to hold on to, it seems. He's very good at breaking tackles. Mm. Um, and uh, owned by, I think, 11, 11.5% yep. of the competition. That puts him in fairly sort of rarefied air. He's not. He's quite a good sort of point of difference. Um, uh, his price would have gone up a little bit on, his, uh, on the starting price this season, but going really, really well. The thing I will say about Cameron Smith is that, you know, people have remarked that, you know, seven missed tackles is a lot for him. Um, that's the great thing about Cameron Smith. Even when he has a really bad game, 42 is... A pretty yeah. good score, you know. It's not a, exactly. it's not a shocker. It's not sort of teens or even you know mid twenties. It's, it's a pretty handy score. Uh, speaking of mid twenties, yeah, Brody Croft um, put together his fourth score in a row, which was less than the previous week. Um, if you're one of the very few owners, there's not many. Sadly, I am. Um, <laughs> he's definitely on the chopping block, and I'd recommend that for anyone else. Um, probably the surest sign ever that he'll go big pretty soon. But um, yeah, look, until he starts pumping out sort of fifty point scores, um, there's just too many other good options in the yeah. halves that we should be considering. Um, a few of them we'll talk about a bit later. I had a few questions this time last week about Dale Finucane, who put together two pretty big scores. Managed 51 last week, which is a bit down on the, the eye-catching scores, but it's now three straight 50-plus if you are one of the ones who took a bit of a punt on him. Uh, Super Saturday kicks off with the Bunnies up against the Warriors uh, up at Sunshine Coast, which I think is the first NRL game uh, at that ground. Bunnies have got some problems in the outside backs, so... Um, Greg Inglis has been given the week off to manage the you know the virus that's laid him low and the, the shoulder injury that's troubling him. Obviously, Braden Burns still a few weeks away from returning. Um, Jacob Gagan finished last week in the uh, the head bin. Um, I think has to go through concussion protocols. He's been named uh, in the reserves at this point, but he's also been named in the Canterbury Cup side. And they've got uh, Kyle Turner, who um, last time he was an NRL regular, was playing at prop, uh, named in the three-quarter line, which is a little bit unusual. Um, Scores-wise, it was a great weekend, despite the loss out at Lotto Land for... Um, Damien Cook and Cameron Murray, who both profited from the Golden Point finish. Yeah, musical backs for Souths at the moment. Um, Corey Allen's probably the most uh, fantasy relevant one there. Still quite cheap, but um, has, as has been mentioned, uh, hasn't quite sort of recaptured that preseason form. But um, Souths have got a lot of points in them, and he'll probably get over at some point, um, maybe even a couple of times. So one to watch. Um, yes, as you said, um, Cameron Murray uh, just absolutely dominant at the moment. Uh, 64 on the weekend. Worth noting that he has had, uh, is it either a line break or a try? Or he's had mm. some serious attacking stats in every game um, yeah. thus far. Try in round one and, and one try since, and I think line breaks in his past three games straight. So he's um, he's galloping through the middle of the field pretty handily. Galloping is the word. Um, <laughs> and Damien Cook owners have seen him shed a bit of cash first three weeks or so. Um, back to kind of, uh, I think, what his owners would be hoping for with 70 on the weekend. Obviously, the... Um, Golden point nature of the game helped him probably add, you know, five or ten even to his score. But um, very reliable for a 50-point score, reliable captain, and um, uh, probably won't come too, too much cheaper than he is now. But um, mm. keep an eye on his price, I guess, if you're, uh, if you're a prospective buyer. Dropped a bit of cash, but those price drops were certainly arrested by the, the 70 on the weekend. Um, Sam Burgess, the other one worth mentioning, racked up yet another try. It's been a good attacking start to the year for him, although I think it was actually his lowest score of the year, mm. even though it was still 44, so it's not anything to, uh, to sneeze at. Now, the Warriors, probably the buy of the week here, are Chanel Harris-Tavita, um, the halfback, who also the, the 5 eighth who came in for Adam Kieran, perhaps a little bit unlucky or, or controversially dropped after just three games, but um, Harris-Tavita, the junior Kiwi, came in, he was busting tackles, he was kicking goals, he was involved, which is exactly what you want from a rookie half, um, made some money, he's got a negative break-even, so a lot to like about him this week. Yeah, I think um, I might have said last week that he's not necessarily the answer, but um, he's done exactly what Adam Kieran did, is um, start his career with an, an absolute bang, um, huge score, um, 
lots of points in, in different categories as well. There was run metres, kick metres. Um, he's got the kicking boot as well. So five goals obviously boosted that up. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess the word of caution is if the next two weeks go pear-shaped, there's nothing to say that they won't uh, reinstate Kieran, uh, especially mm. if the Warriors cop a few losses. They looked a pretty good side on the weekend, I must say, and he was an integral part of it. Um, break even around about minus, I think it's something like minus 12, um, puts him um, as, a, as a really, really sort of obvious buy this week, um, particularly given the halves crisis of last week. Most mm. people struggling to field two. You probably want a third half um, and, a, and a cheap rookie is, is a good option there to give you the coverage. Yep. And uh, aside from that, obviously, he looks a very good chance to make a lot of money. Uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek is just lighting up at fullback this year. Um, uh, he's, you know, looks like he may be a top three fullback, scoring really well. Um, a lot of people sort of saying that he's effectively carrying the Warriors at times, but um, like we know his class and he's obviously fully fit at the moment, which is um, something that probably couldn't have said in previous years. And and when he's he's rearing to go, he's just about unstoppable. Yeah, he's, I think he's the top scoring wing fullback through four rounds, just ahead of Tedesco, who is certainly catching him quickly. Um, Lachlan Burr, should we talk about? He's, mm. uh, I, I was. Ended up not starting with him because I think you and I both owned him back in his Titans days and had a few sort of struggles with in and out of the team and, and missed tackles and thought that Isaiah Papali'i returning in round two was sort of spelled the end of him, but he's now made what, over 150 grand and still starting at lock. Yeah, and uh, Papali finds himself on the bench, whereas, as you say, Burr's still in the uh, in the run-on side. So, um, yeah, if you're one of the people who snapped him up pre-season, um, it was probably a bit of a gamble then, but um, he's just paying off in spades and looks like he'll crash through... Uh, 200 grand of price rises and that's literally the gold standard for a, uh, a bargain basement rookie so well done if you bought him certainly missed the uh, the train if you're not on but absolutely a hold for those who are still running with him uh, Knights up against the Seagulls uh, should be an interesting one up there at McDonald Jones Stadium on Saturday afternoon um, the big story here fantasy wise Callum Pong has returned to fullback um, he shed a whole bunch of cash um, set up a couple of tries on the weekend 60 plus score his price drops have now I guess officially ceased unless he has a, a real shocker on the weekend he's on the way back up again yeah breaking of about 50 this weekend so um we saw what he could do when he got moved back to fullback you'd, you'd have to think that experiment's well and truly over in the halves um 120 grand discount uh, on his starting price um, very good chance of passing that break even this week so he looks a rolled gold buy again available in the halves which makes him um you mm. know, a very attractive proposition although um, if you're like me, you've probably got a few too many rookie uh, wingers floating around your fullback line. So the the attractive um, option is to put him down there, and if you can cover your halves elsewhere, then um, you're really just boosting your team. Uh, also beyond that, I noticed uh, Mitch Pierce uh, scored his first 50 of the year. He yeah. beat a bit of a discount, and um, another big story here is flown under the radar to a certain extent. David Clemmer, yeah, uh, Chris, exceeding expectations. Take me sure. through what he's been up to, but it's been impressive. Yeah, was it 60, 66 thereabouts mm-hmm. on the weekend? Um, second top scoring. Uh, front row forward this year behind Andrew Fafida in fantasy. Um, really cleaned up the demerits, so he's just not getting penalised or missing tackles, really. Um, and he's obviously a huge focal point for the Knights in terms of their go forward, averaging monstrous metres, and um, has just managed to elevate pretty much everything he was doing last year at the Bulldogs and, and, and going even better at the Knights. So um, couldn't end up being, you know. A, I guess a, a cut price keeper at the start of the year is going to be one of the guys that we're actually going to be upgrading to by the end of the year if he keeps this up. 
Yeah, the thing is, 62 minutes, I think, is the minimum he's played in four games. So it obviously shows how important he is to their, their team and their structure. Mm. They want to have him out there on the park. Obviously, he's got you know Blues experience. He's, he's seen as a leader around there. So it's um, in, in a sense, it seems like a bit knuckleheaded that more people weren't on him at the start. But brilliant work if you were. Um, hasn't missed a 50 yet. And um, like you say, probably later season upgrade target. He's actually only gone up about 60000 on his starting price to the low... 700s, maybe 720, which still puts him yeah. at a sub 50 price tag. So if you convince he keeps up these minutes and these scores, then you're still potentially getting him at a you know five, even eight point discount. So um, definitely one to watch if you don't have bigger issues to deal with. Certainly want to consider. So they're up against the Sea Eagles, who uh, unfortunately for them and, and any of his fantasy owners, Tom Trojovich, out for at least six weeks, if not eight or nine, with a pretty bad hamstring strain. Um, very bad news there. Brendan Elliott goes back to fullback. Moses Sully returns from a disciplinary suspension at centre. Um, elsewhere in the team, their, their props, Adam Fadil Blake and Marty Tapao, both cranking out mid-50s like they're going out of fashion. Um, Ruben Garrick is still sort of clawing together some slow price rises, but after a couple of 30s, he was back down to 15 on the weekend. Um, DCE going really well. Uh, Jake Trevojevic yet to score below 50 this year. Um, Corey Waddell on the bench, uh, small score last week due to a head knock, but looks like he's okay. Yeah, Manly are actually a really fantasy-relevant team. Um, just before the show, I, I suggested that um, maybe Brendan Elliott, who's had a bit of a checkered fantasy history before, has never been much of a scorer. With um, with Tommy Turbo out for up to eight or nine weeks, you sort of question whether, well, is he actually going to get a good run at fullback? Um, I think the consensus was probably wait till he puts on at least one good score. Um, hasn't really been a big part of his mm. game. Uh, but as you say, yeah, Cherry Evans, uh, Tapao, they're known quantities. Um, you know, they're the kind of guys you want in your starting 17 at the business end of the season and uh, going extremely well. Jake Tabovich, same deal as well. I don't think he's got over 60, but he hasn't got below 50, which, you know, again, consistent 50s are what you want from your primos. Um, yeah, Fanua Blake's another one in the David Clemmer mould. Um, start of the year, a bit of an iffy sort of proposition, but um, he's another one. A lot of these props, when given minutes, he's got a really good um, you know, scoring rate um, at a point per minute. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's exceeding expectations. So, um, again, keep your eye on him. Yeah, well, can bust a tackle, and I think the, um, the improvement in his minutes uh, this year has sort of been, you know, a big part of the KD's improvement um, fantasy wise 63 minutes round one was, was overs but close to 50 minutes in the, the last two games since he came back from suspension he's going pretty well um, last game on Saturday is the Sharks up against the Roosters um, Sharks just can't take a trick at the moment with injury uh, they lost Aaron Woods to a broken foot last week uh, they do get Paul Gallen back from a rib injury though so that'll help out in terms of their middles uh, Bronson Sherry was quite um, encouraging with his 35 I think no demerits and a few busts and 150 odd metres he's got another 4 or 5 weeks in that centre role before he has to worry about any troops returning um, Sean Johnson just the one game out with that quad strain he returns after some big scores before the injury and their, uh, their second row pairing Britton Acora just should be in absolutely every team at this point and, uh, and Kurt Capel also going pretty well yeah, I think if there was a uh, if there was a trophy for a best performed fantasy player or at least best performed uh, fantasy cow, um, Nakora would just be taken out um, by the length of the straight. He's been tremendous, just keeps getting it done. Probably the only sad thing about Nakora is most serious fantasy coaches have had him since day dot. So mm. you're seeing him uh, in your head to head battles uh, coming up against you week in week out. But look, um, the question will really be: um, Does he hold his spot long term? If he does, there's nothing to say you don't keep him season long. Mm. If he does find himself 
benched at some point, you know, with Wade Graham's due back at um, still a while off. But mm. when they get sort of back to full strength of their experienced personnel, um, the question will really only be, you know, pat him on the back, take the money, and, and it depends what you do with it. But he's all the signs say he's going to put on um, more cash than anyone else this year from a you know basement starting price. Um, yeah, Bronson Zeri, you, you uh, mentioned, sorry, Chris. Um, Again, there's a lot of good centres floating around. We've uh, we've talked about obviously Nakora and Capel available mm. there. Most people have got um, Jack Bird too. Um, if you've got space for another centre, um, we figure he should get four or five more weeks. And yeah, 35 points was a really encouraging start for the young fella. Well, the thing there is, you know, it's got probably at least four weeks, if not five, till Matt Moylan's back. Now, worst case, Matt Moylan comes back at fullback, Dugan to send a sherry out of the team. But um, because they've got a few guys who can play different positions, his next cab off the rank, no matter who's injured, if there's a, a winger or a centre or a fullback goes down, it's still going to be Bronson Sherry or, or even a half with, with Matt Moylan going to the halves. So, um, although they do have Cole Flanagan. But the, the good news is he, he's basically next cab off the rank for backline injuries. So if Dugan or someone else gets hurt, he's, he's straight back in, which is what I like about him there. Um, and just on the yeah, I think Wade Graham, being a left-edge specialist, is probably going to come back in for um, for Capewell, who's mm. got that utility value with with him to go to the, the bench. So I think at this stage, Nakora looking like a season-long keeper. Capewell might be the one to, to sell down the track, and he, you know, if he's yeah. pumping out forties, he'll probably um, he's probably got a lot more money left in him too. He's uh, he's certainly serving a role at the moment, but I don't think he's going to be a season-long keeper. Correct. Um, Roosters were sensational against Brisbane on Thursday night. Um, James Tedesco averaging. What is it? Over sixty since his uh, his round one stinker. So he's um, doing absolutely fantastic things at the back. Um, Joseph Manu finally came good with a big score. Um, Victor Radley not too impressive, even though his minutes have gone up at hooker. Um, Angus Crichton, the other fantasy story there, um, has ended up I think starting three weeks in a row. He's, we were hoping for some more um, some more price drops. It looks like it's the end of the road for the uh, the price drops for him. Yeah, 62 on the weekend with a try. Um, I guess if you take out the try and the line break, which is normally a good way to assess how well players do fantasy-wise, um, you've got an even 50, which would be you know his uh, best score so far, 240s previous weeks. Um, I noticed he had quite a lot of missed tackles in there, uh, but he also had seven tackle busts, which is really a, mm. uh, a hallmark of, of Angus Crichton where he's at his best. So um, you can't discount the attacking stats altogether. When he's on, that's a big part of his appeal. Yeah. So um, again... Uh, you know, a bit like um, well, Tedesco was two weeks ago, certainly Ponga this week. Uh, Crichton is basically, you know, fallen arguably super primo. Um, and I suspect a lot of people will be getting both Ponga um, and him in the next fortnight. I'm probably mm. in that category myself if I can afford it. Yeah. Um, as you say, Tedesco is just back to, you know, business as usual. Um, the other one who actually probably escaped just about everyone's attention, a uh, young chap on the wing in only his second game, uh, Matt Ikuvalu. Ikuvalu, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, seven points on debut, I noticed, which probably didn't uh, <laughs> yeah, a few ring any bells. But uh, he racked up 61 on the weekend. There was a yeah. try in there. Um, I think nine tackle busts, which is not, I guess, um, uncommon for barnstorming young wingers. But that's put his break-even mm. at a very, very attempt- uh, sorry, tempting price. Um, I guess it's... Um, Apples and oranges, though, 7 to 61, you might know what you're going to get week in, week out. Yeah, I mean, he's a very good young player. People who uh, only saw his first game of the year with all the errors might um, be inclined to scoff at that, but he's actually a very talented young winger, and he's. Uh, I think he played the, the World Club Challenge. Um, he's been going really good in uh, reserve grade when he's not in the NRL side. Um, minus nine break-even this week. He does have Brett Morris's return to contend with, and um, also... Ryan Hall, the uh, English Test winger, mm. not all that far away. So, I don't know if he's got quite a long enough run on, in the the team to be a um, a pickup. But uh, Crichton, like you mentioned, in basically the exact same spot as Ponga, both of them break evens, forties to low fifties, and 
probably won't get out of range this week, but they'll they'll start to tick up pretty quickly in the next couple of weeks if they put some scores together. So nice, attractive purchases there. Um, brings us through to Sunday footy. Uh, Dragons up against the Bulldogs down there at Cogra, Netstrider Jubilee Stadium. Um, Dragons, uh, more reshuffles in the forward packs. So they've got Tyson Frizzell named to start this week, which is bad news for Jacob Hostoners. He only got uh, sub-50 minutes last week, partly due to the, uh, the Frizzell factor. Corbin Sims' fractured forearm is, on the other hand, very good news for Blake Laurie owners. Yes, well, um, it was really a choice of um, host or Laurie early in the season for most people, and um, yes, the Laurie owners would certainly be happy. Um, obviously, uh, you won't take much joy from um, seeing him get extended minutes um, at the expense of poor Corbin Sims, who looks like he's out for a couple of months with a nasty arm injury. But um, in a fantasy sense, uh, mm. yeah, uh, he's, I think he had mid-40s minutes um, and again, he's um, a bit of a workhorse, and that's yeah. more than enough time for him to get those kind of high 30s, 40s scores, which will see his price continue to uh, to steeple. Yeah, I think uh, for hosts, it's probably just about time for this cow to head to the abattoir. Um, <laughs> I think you said pre the show, a break even of around about 14 this week. Yeah, so it's not urgent, but... He got, uh, you know, 24 in 50 minutes last week, so he's not a points-per-minute beast. Um, you know, he's probably got a few more dollars in dribs and drabs to make, but um, he hasn't even cracked 100 grand of price rises, so he's not going to be, a, you know, an awful cash cow who sort of was in one week out the next, but by the same token, um, probably not going to quite do what preseason we'd hoped. Yeah, a little bit um, underwhelming compared to that round one, I think 38 in, in big minutes. Um, they uh, or Should we touch on... Um Cameron McInnes and or Michaela Ravalawa before we move on. Yeah, I mean, just briefly, um, Ravalara had a pretty uh, stinky score in round two. I think he scored sub-10, mm. which, again, is not that uncommon for, you know, first, second, third game wingers when they Correct. get left out of the play a little bit. Uh, since then, a uh, couple of tries in there. He still hasn't cracked 40 points, but, again, um, if you're starting at sort of a break-even of, you know, 15, that's your, your price tag, um, 30s are fine. Uh, that'll see you sort of rack up 150 grand of, of price rises, which is what you need. So, um, yeah, he's going fine. Uh, McInnes, we, we spoke about him a fair bit last week um yeah he is one of your your primo options um at hooker obviously cook and smith are probably the two you want but if you want another hooker in your 17 and you're looking for the highest averaging players at the end of the year um routinely finishes with 55 point average which is just the ticket yeah absolutely um they take on the bulldogs who have a whole host of fantasy relevant players to talk about um almost just going to go up the list here we'll start Mm. with nick meany who um came in caught a few eyes uh due to his price tag which was above basement but not too much um 34 and then 45 and he's looked good uh on attack any thoughts on him yeah absolutely um as i mentioned i think uh, last week he's he's quick um he's certainly fast yeah he's fairly dynamic again price tag was it was quite appealing although 100 grand maybe above base mm. um but yeah look uh, he's a bit of a tricky one in the kind of position he's at now he's not quite he, he perhaps for me just a tiny bit too expensive but um a very good player and again with these guys all it takes is a few 40s to get you know those um you know the the really low break even which you look for for a cash cow and the yeah. opportunity to make you know, as I say 100 150 grand so keep an eye on him. Uh, the bloke at number two is the story of the week. Just sure about Chris, I'll let you talk about uh, about young Jaden. Well, I mentioned him earlier, trampling over the top of Cameron Smith. He finished up with I think was it 67 fantasy points, 290 mm-hmm. run meters, a try, um, handy score on debut, and then a, a 
blockbuster score for a, a rookie winger um, last week. Huge negative break, even about minus 22, I think, without checking yep. um, this week. So, I mean, the question for him is with $92,000 of price rises already and potentially a few up and down scores to come, is it, you know, have you missed the jump? Is it still worth jumping on and grabbing this week's very juicy break even or... What do you reckon? Well, they say, I mean, you know, statistically, um, you make most of your money as a basement cash cow in your second week, and that's certainly the case if you saw Mike Acevo in the year and now and now Jaden Ockenbohr. Um, you know, $70,000 of rises, you're not going to get more explosive growth than that. Um, but also, mm. um, the the low break-even is very tempting as well. I mean, yeah. um, for instance, Mike Acevo, who we'll, we'll deal with later, but um, he only scored 24 after his 73-point game two weeks ago, but I note his break-even is still below zero. So you don't need... need 50-odd grand on the, on the 24 as well. So the same thing is almost certainly going to happen to Ockenball this week. Um, if he gets 25, you'll still get 50,000-plus. If he gets, you know, 40-plus then the party is yep. going to roll on for ages. So, um, And the same, I mean, you wouldn't write off Sivo either for the same reason. Still a chance of making a lot of money. So it's been terrific. Um, Kerrit Holland, Chris, another one who impressed yeah. last week. Well, he was very much on the sell list um, for a lot of coaches who started with him. Um, Bulldogs, like, let's not forget, were diabolical rounds one and two. Um, and then it looked like Reese Martin was going to come back in and, and take the goals off him, which is what's happened. But um, still a, a monster score. I think it was the top score um, of anyone in the game. Um, up in the 70s so he was recapturing a bit of what he was doing on that right edge last year and his new role on the left edge so if you um if you're still hanging on to him you're probably enjoying that yep you certainly are um Lockie lewis first score this year sub 50 but not far below 50 and he's mm. been um he's been pretty appealing he's probably not one to buy necessarily um he's probably going to be just below kind of you know you'd Cherry Evans and you know your real premium halves. Um, Adam Reynolds looks like he's in that category this year. Aidan Tolman, another game where he got mm. uh, in excess of fifty minutes. Um, there was obviously um, some the Napa injury, yeah, yeah, extra minutes on offer there um, with Napa out and um, a young chap um, offer Hiki Ogden filling in at number ten. We don't know how long he'll be there for. Um, again, very cheap, but probably not great job security. But it is good news for Tolman owners who could probably expect slightly inflated minutes, and um, we know that he's sort of good for, you know, 0.8 sort of points a minute. Um, mm. When he gets a go, he's, he's pretty capable of getting around pretty close to that point per minute sort of mark. So if he gets 55 plus minutes, um, yeah, he looks a whole yeah, absolutely. Um, elsewhere in the pack, um, I know I caught you off guard asking about Josh Jackson uh, about a week ago, but um, back-to-back mid-50 scores since moving to the middle. Keeps getting named on the edge with Reese Martin named at lock, but that's not really how they're playing. And um, Jackson's certainly relishing the, the extra defence, I think 54 and 56 in successive weeks. Um, Reese Martin himself actually got uh, a mid-50 score um, in the run-on side. Um, any love for those guys? Yeah, absolutely. I, I find with guys like Jackson, he's um, when he plays for the uh, the Blues as well, or has historically, um, he's sort of just one of those quiet achievers. He just gets it done. Mm. It's not not super flashy, but um, like you say, the the opportunity to play through the middle, um, and the fact he's a leader at the club, um, yeah, good scores. There's, there's a lot of players this year. I feel like more than previous years, particularly in the forwards, who are just quietly, you know, exceeding their historical mm. averages. Um, you know, um, whether guys like Jackson are a buy or not, hard to say. I think. Um, I think he's probably sort of, you know, somewhere in the middle there, possibly. Reese Martin uh, was the story of last year. He made just about 500 grand. Um, I think he made his money last year, and there's there's better, safer consistency options this year. But, um, yeah, the dog's suddenly quite a fantasy-relevant team. Yeah, for sure. Just on the your point about a lot of guys sort of creeping up on their historical averages, I reckon I was looking at some stats the other day, and there's just generally across the board, there's more 
kicks being put in, there's more errors being made, there's more, there's just more of everything. And I think it's this whole um, fewer penalties, more ball in play. I think we might be seeing a little bit of a flow-on effect with just fantasy scores creeping up across the board just to do, due to more ball in play time. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it you know, only takes maybe you know 90 seconds, two minutes of a game to be added and it can have an effect on um, on, on players' mm. overall scores. And the, the one player we didn't mention too much there, Dylan Napa, obviously only five last week after two big scores, having rolled his ankle and out with a syndesmosis injury for five or six weeks, so he's a definite sell. Last match of the round is the game of the round, the top of the table clash between your Raiders and my Eels. <laughs> um, we've got to wait till 6pm on Sunday to uh, to see this one. Um, fair few fantasy relevant guys in, in both teams here as well um, Raiders it's been the uh, the John Bateman show for a month now got quote unquote only 52 on the weekend but um, still a fantastic effort from him um, named on the edge again where he seems to enjoy life just as much as he does in the middle uh, quietish game unfortunately for Chance to go clock stat but still uh, making money at a fair clip um, the Leipana combination Leilua Rapana both got 50 plus um, I think Rapana came back from injury with a very low score but hasn't dropped uh, enough cash to make him a real bargain buy um, anyone else in there catching your eye? Yeah, I think you pretty much said it with the Raiders. Um, John Bateman, I think, was only on 15 and half time. I was looking through the scores and mm. thinking this is the first week I'm actually not really, really regretting it. And then, of course, he put on virtually 40 points in the second half. He's just yeah. his normal busy self and um, certainly didn't disgrace his owners. Um, again, I think probably low 50s is probably what he'll average long term, um, but that's just fine. He's um, yeah. available in the centres, and I think towards the end of the season, just about everyone is going to need him in the centres if you're, you're serious about your leagues or, or overall. Um, yeah, uh, Nickel Klockstad's been great start, a bit quieter last week, but um, again, no disgrace. Uh, yes, I think if you'd said at the uh, at the start of the season that uh, in round five this would be the blockbuster <laughs> game of the round with one team going to finish uh, four and one, people would have laughed at you. But um, yeah, no, the Eels have been extremely impressive as well. Um, just the one loss to the uh, to the Chooks, and they, they ran them pretty close, as I recall. Yeah. Um, Mike Acevo, we mentioned earlier, um, he's still got more money to make. Um, break even still around zero, maybe just a tiny bit below. Um, 40 point score would be very nice this week obviously from him mm. uh, Clint Gutherson has been going okay yeah, as well second week back from second year back from the uh, the ACL he was a little bit sluggish last year and started at probably a discount on potential this year but uh, was it 60 plus score on the weekend mm-hmm. he hasn't really had too many attacking stats either he's just really busy which is uh, what you want He's one of those players who I just feel like at, at some point, maybe it's this year, he's just going to explode. He's got it in him. Mm. He's, maybe he's got one you know, miraculously good season, but he's got so much talent. And if he stays injury-free and just strings it together, I just I wouldn't be surprised to see him have an absolute boomer. Um, speaking of which, Mitchell Moses last week, yeah. um, by all accounts, had his best game of the season, if not uh, for quite a few seasons. He was just absolutely dominant. Um, beyond that, um, Reed Marnie, I know he was potentially on the block for a few teams last week, um, as was Sean Lane after... Mm. Uh, some subpar scores. Marnie pulled it back together with a 50-point score. Lane less so. I think he was sub-30 and probably yeah. hurt a few of his owners in terms of um, price accrual and also probably in their head-to-heads, and I'd say he looms as a, a sell. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing here, so the team's unchanged from last week, but that, that team was changed with um, with Dylan Brown missing from the week before. I'm um, still not quite sure how long he's out for, but the reshuffle meant that Jamin Salmon goes from the bench utility to the starting 5-8, and they, they named a four-forward bench. Now, I really quite thought they were going to bring Matt McKilrick into the, the game day 17 mm. against Cronulla, and that didn't happen, which meant um, Reid Marnie finished up with 80 minutes and a 50-plus plus score, which, as you said, was certainly very welcome. 
Um, elsewhere in the side, uh, Blake Ferguson is sort of one bad score, one good score. Um, his good scores have been really good, but it's, you know, for a primo winger, it's a lot of money to pay for a, a guy who can potentially get you a 30-ish score every second week. Um, Radon Yukore is going along pretty well, made a fair bit of cash and a couple of 50-plus scores, which is um, pretty handy. A few tries, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, Sean Lane, I think, is potentially a sell as soon as uh, this week because he's not shaping up as a keeper. Yep, absolutely agreed. Shall we get into some questions? Um, of which there are once again plenty. Start with uh, Satini Leana, who asks uh, about the Dragons. Um, Tyson Frizzell returning, Corbin Sims out. Do you think Blake Laurie will get extra minutes, averaging 44 minutes at the moment with a break-even of 13? It's hard to say if he's going to get extra. Um, mm. For a, They don't tend to sort of um, send players who are having their first real crack at these middle positions from sort of 0 to 100. Um, 40, sort of 44, 45 minutes a game is pretty reasonable. Um, my recollection is players like Paul Vaughan, uh, who is, is a renowned points-per-minute mm. beast, um, obviously in the same team, he can easily hit 50 and, and frequently only plays mid to high 40 minutes. So, I mean, for players like this who've got a good work rate, um, 45 minutes is potentially fine. Again, even more so for um, guys like Laurie, who are still mm. pretty reasonably priced. Um, I, I, I guess he's probably in the high 300s now, but that equates to sort of only you know, um, you know, mid to high 20s average, which he's showing he's more than capable of exceeding. So um, yeah, I'd say he'll smash that 13 break even this week. Yeah, absolutely. With sort of Host and Luciano Lelua, who are ideally second rowers on the bench, along with Zach Lomax, who's an outside back there for, for injury cover. Um, you'd imagine Tyson Frizzell's going to go from that starting right edge into the middle um, in the first sort of interchange rotation around the 20-25 minute mark, which would, um, I mean, hopefully those of us who are still carrying him means Jacob Host gets into the game earlier, but I'm not seeing a, a great difference in, um, in Blake Laurie's minutes to answer the question. The man smart joker is back, and he is looking to bring in two of the following, Jaden Ockenbohr, Harris Tavita, and Bronson Sherry, with a view to making some cash. Yes, well, it's uh, it's going to be the issue vexing all of us this week. Um, they are certainly the three uh, obvious buys. Um, two to bring in. Uh, it's it's an interesting stage of the fantasy season now. You've got guys like Ponga uh, and Crichton who are at their most appealing. As I think you said earlier, they're not going to skyrocket in price this week unless they somehow pump out 100 points. Um, so it kind of does look like a tempting time to actually just take mm. the foot off the gas um, unless you're sort of struggling in your head-to-head leagues and points-wise and actually pick up two of these three guys. I'm, I'm still torn about what I'm going to do. Um, Ocon Bora of the lot, obviously the lowest break-even. Um, being a winger, uh, just, just beware that sort of, you know, 60, 70-point scores can be followed by 20-point scores, which is what we saw with Sevo last week. Um, but again, you kind of... It's a bit of a lottery. If you take the punt here and he pumps out 50 points again then he is going to just explode cash-wise. Um, Harris Tavita solves um, a, a halves issue, um, mm-hmm. especially if you need some halves cover. Again, um, he could do what um, what Kieran did and, and score teens this week, but um, those of us who are looking at Gideon would probably hope not. Um, Jerry is probably the one I'm least keen on simply because he's probably on the clock more um, yeah. with, with injury. And also, um, it's just as I said before, most of us are rocking two or three really reliable centres now. There's a lot of points available at centre this year, and... Um, and he would sort of be a third, maybe fourth for people. I'm inclined to agree that probably the only thing putting Sherry ahead of um, Ockenbohr is he, he's 
what, about 60 grand cheaper still because he yes. hasn't jumped out of range quite as much. Um, Ockenbore is absolutely now or never. If you don't get him this week, then then write him off. Um, you've already missed a big jump and you're going to sure. miss his, his two biggest jumps if you don't get him this week. Um, I think Harris Tavita is probably the best of the three, so he's the first one I get. Um, and then I guess just make a, a choice of what your priorities are for your, your team and your money making as to which of the other ones that you bring in. I should say as well, even though he's playing on a wing, Ockenbore is not available at wing fullback, which is yeah. got a few people scratching their heads. So I've had a few questions about this, so I will uh, address it. Basically, um, he's played most of his juniors at second row, um, moved out wider, was playing centre for a while, and then um, you know, only really at mature ages he started playing on the wing. So he got put into fantasy this year as a dual position centre and second rower. Now now that he's playing on the wing, there's not much we can do about it. You can't take a position away because you'll break the teams of anyone who's got him in one of those positions. Um, functionally, you can't add a third one in. So he's stuck as a dual position centre, second rower for the rest of this year, unfortunately. Um, third question from Blake Jonas um, to get Ponga in should I get rid of Capewell or Garner Luke Capewell or Luke Garner yes the Lukes Um, as you kind of touched on earlier it might be a case of neither Um, if you need to choose one I would probably plump for Garner um, simply because Mm. he's about 100 grand more expensive well his price is 100 grand higher I should say Mm. Um, unless he gets back to sort of hitting low mid 40s consistently then he's probably a lot closer to peaking in price um, Capel, if we're assuming, um, with the exception of the one game where he spent some time uh, out in the wing and sort of covering other spots, I think he scored you know, 39, 39 and 42 off the top of my head. Mm. That's a 40-point average playing in the centres, which is all you can ask for. He's still, I think, only priced in the, in the low 30s, uh, which means he's got more money to make. And again, it's those, it's those reliable, consistent points, chiefly through tackles in your centres, which are just um, a lot better than sort of chancing you know, mm. tries and line breaks, etc. Um, safe points, uh, yeah, for me, it's Garner. Yeah, Garner has some higher scores, but also probably more danger of going for the lower score and, and frees up more cash. So if you're going to sell one of those two, I'd agree. I'd go Garner first. Paul Burns, is Ponga a buy? Yes, he is. A second part of that question, is Tavita Pango Jr. a sell or a hold now that he's out for two weeks and should I bring in Payne Haas? Thoughts on TPJ? Yes. Um, last year, I recall, if you took the punt early, he was um, a lot cheaper and made some good money. Again, explosive player Great. when he's on. Two weeks out, a two-week uh, holiday uh, with the judiciary is not necessarily a reason to sell a player. You know, if you get three or four, mm. then you start scratching your head a bit more, particularly late in the season. Um, I'm just not sure that his points... Uh, and what he's doing um, are really in excess of his price tag this year. Um, and if he's not a sort of a mid-range cow or a keeper, he's probably not one long-term, I'd say. Bring in Payne Haas. Uh, don't know what you say about this, Chris. I'd say wait a week. Let's see what happens. Absolutely wait a week. Even if he ends up... Brisbane play Thursday night. I think they're up early in the round. Even Earlier. if he brings into the um, into the 17, I'd still be inclined to wait a week on Payne Haas and... As you say, two weeks, you don't sell a keeper for like a Damien Cook for two weeks, but for Tavita Pangai, who's probably not a keeper or a cow, it's um, probably a, a good excuse to, to get him out of the side at this point. Um, Thomas wants to know best halves options, not talking about cash, just talking about scores, um, besides Daly Cherry Evans and Adam Reynolds. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, um, my first thought is, why not those guys? Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you have, if you've got them already, then I would be considering uh, upgrading other parts of your team because they are just, again, the gold standard so far. Um, other guys around, um, historically I would have said Cleary, but um, he's obviously playing with mm. some kind of uh, impediment. He'll uh, be a buy at some point, but he not, will be not at the moment. He'll get cheaper too, yes. So um, not necessarily him. I mean... Um, 
um, Harris Tavita, uh, if you want to get a half who looks like he's very busy, does a lot of different things, um, and will make you money. I mean, that's that's really what you want. Obviously, points for a low price, and it's going to guarantee you some extra cash down the track. Mm. Anyone else on your on your probably radar? throw Sean Johnson and Lachlan Lewis into that one. Um, Lachlan Lewis still clawing up some money and putting up borderline keeper scores, and Sean Johnson hitting his straps very quickly in that Sharks um, lineup. I know he missed last week the quad strain, but it was a couple of good scores before that. Uh, moving on, Sadio Klopp asks uh, thoughts on Harris Tavita as a starting half and he's capable of good sell for Angus Crichton. Well, I think Harris Tavita, just given the situation that we're all in coming off of 50, is probably a serviceable starting top 17 at this point of the season, Rich. Yeah, look, it just depends on your team makeup. If you started the year with one gun half, say a Cherry Evans, and you've got Morgan, they're probably two starting halves. Morgan would be safer than you know, a kid in his second game. But... Um, if you're like me and you're considering Ponga as well as Harris Tavita, then um, if you've got the stones, you could certainly play him in the halves with one of your guns and put Ponga down back, which saves you the headache of trying to work out which cheap winger is going to score more than, you know, mm. there's, there's two or three of them out there. Um, and, and generally, obviously, Ponga is a safer bet to get a good score. Um, and Harris Tavita, yeah, he looks like he could... Um, he could do well in the halves. It's, it takes a bit of a leap of faith, though, I guess. Mm. And Capewell uh, probably could be upgraded yes. to Crichton, but I, as we just said, ideally not a sell, but if it is an upgrade if you are in that spot to do it in a, a single move. Chris G wants to know, he's got no players other than his keepers who lost money this week and no problem, problematic break-evens. Do I make trades? Well, probably only if you really need to bring in someone. You don't have to make trades every week. You certainly don't. It's often a good uh, strategy <laughs> to save them, particularly if you're if you're playing more for your head-to-head leagues than um, you know, um, mm. holding off on trades sometimes when you feel like you're in a pretty strong spot and you're making money across the board is a good idea. If you're playing for overall and you've sort of got your eyes on finishing first out of the 100,000 of us who are in the competition, um, generally the strategy is to trade hard, trade early. The next question comes in from Trevor. He's got enough money for one more gun. Angus Crichton, Callum Ponger or Roger Tuovasa-Shek, who's the best one? Only, one, uh, only bench positions left to fill. It's an enviable situation at this stage of the year, I would say. Yeah. Um, gee, uh, if you can afford all three, well, again, hark back to it. Um, it depends what your team needs. Obviously, Ponger and RTS um, going to help you out on the fullback line, which is... Um, people have sort of stocked themselves a bit short, um, as I understand it, if you're looking at um, ownership. Um, Ponga, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Chris, but I would say almost certainly is cheaper than uh, Tuovasa-Shek, who started with a bang. You're correct, and also his price is headed north, whereas Tuovasa-Shek's pretty much you know maxed out at the moment. Um, uh, Crichton, for me, Crichton is probably still wait one more week, as I said. Yeah, I want to see kind of how his role's evolving in this Roosters team. He's obviously boosted by a try last week, and yep. he's he's warming into his task. But um, yeah, I'm, I'd probably want of those three, Pong is the one I'll be getting this week because we we know he's a known quantity. We've seen what he can do at fullback, and he's back doing it now. And his price is headed north again. I'd be. Uh, that's, and it covers two positions as well, which are potentially troublesome. So certainly Ponga are those three for me. Um, Mr. JJ asks, will Micah Sibo get dropped for George Jennings? Certainly not in the next two weeks because George Jennings has picked up a suspension in reserve grade. He's out for two weeks due to a dangerous throw. Um, once he's available again, I'm fairly confident that he will be coming back via reserve grade again. So I'd say at least three more games for Micah Sibo before it's even a, um, a question. Um, and even then, only if he's playing badly. 
Yeah, and Sivo again probably only needs three or four more weeks to make his money. If his scores start to taper off the next fortnight, then you know you'll probably still walk away if you started with him with 150 grand plus, maybe 200 grand plus, which is which is just fine. Fair call. Uh, C. Mitch writes in trading Michaela. I assume it's Thomas Michaela, but could also be Michaela Ravalawa. <laughs> Trading one of the cash cows to Ponga this week, undecided whether to go uh, Adam Kieran to Harris Tavita or Sherry. Um, certainly Harris Tavita out of those two if you're selling Kieran, I'd have thought. Yep. Um, Bailey Smith writes in, do I cut my losses with Dylan Edwards? Um, yes, he's named on the wing. I would be getting rid of him this week um, as soon as possible. Uh, Mike J writes in, recommendations on a low to mid-range front row forward. Would upgrade to Fafita or to Power, but not enough cash. Um, I would say some of the chaps we spoke about uh, earlier in the show, um, there's a few of them floating around. If, uh, it depends what you mean by mid-range. but it does. I, if you're sort of talking it around the sort of 350 to 500 grand mark, I would say off the top of my head there's not a zillion of them. If you're looking for guys um, who are scoring 50s on a 40 budget, then probably your first uh, stop is probably Alex Twal, who... Yep. Top of my head again, I think he's only priced at 42 and you're getting um, really considerable overs there. If you've got a bit more cash and we're talking sort of, you know, mid-range to low premium costs, sort of that's those in the, you know, mid-40s to maybe 50, low 50s, then you could do a lot worse than David Clemmer. Yeah, absolutely. His price is certainly uh, going to be trending upwards at uh, current evidence. Fonua Blake, too, is the other one who's um, probably a bit more chancy, less of a known quantity, but um, certainly exceeding expectations. Certainly. Uh, Rage Trader appears to be living up to his name. He Rage Traded Cameron McInnes out after round one due to his minutes. Is it time to regret trade him back in? Oh, that's a face palmer right there. Um, yeah, well, look, with, with guys who historically average sort of over 50, or in his case, over 55, um, you know, even if minutes are an issue after one week, my, my tip normally is if a player has a sudden role change, loses some minutes, don't pull the trigger after one, maybe even two weeks. Um, Cameron Smith, a lot of people did it last year, playing injured, had a quiet game, I think he had a 40 and then a very, very out of character 20-point game. A lot of people pulled the trigger, I put my hand up there and just the next week I'm pretty sure it was an 80. So um, not everyone's Cam Smith, but um, I, I'd wait two or three weeks if to see if you know minutes roll change are really going to affect things or it might you know, just be a short-term fix. Yep. Uh, Michael asks what's more important in terms of early season trades. Can do Harris Tavita and Ockenbore for the cash with Ponga to wait or get Ponga this week with one of the two cash cows? Um, I'll let you handle that one, on, Chris. Um, I would, again, I saw we touched on it before in terms of whether you're playing for overall or head-to-head, unless you're desperate for a head-to-head win this week to, to take the Ponga points, so I'd grab the guys whose prices are about to skyrocket first and, uh, and wait a week on Ponga, who's still, even though his price is levelled out, he's got a reasonably high break-even, unless he gets you know 70-plus, it won't move too much. Um, Alessandro Tolocca is back to ask, is Andrew McCulloch a sell? I would say probably not urgently. But yeah, um, that's a how long is a piece of string kind of question, that one. Yeah. Um, he's probably, I mean, again, his scoring is not a million miles off his price tag, but I think a lot of people um, were hoping for, obviously, overs. Um, I have to agree with you. I don't think he's an urgent sell, but, um, you know, as I said, there are quite a few players, not necessarily hookers, but players who are scoring at 10 points above their price tag and some attractive cheapies. Um, so... I'd maybe give him one more week. Yeah, you can probably um, find some some better value players for their scores, but yeah, not an urgent sell. Uh, last one for this week. Jackson asks, is Katoni Staggs worth picking up this week? Well, I would have thought job security is a little bit of a, uh, a concern there. Yeah, the thing about Staggs is um, he scores very well when he gets the opportunity. Um, he's um, did, did he play as a second rower in his junior days as well, or is he... 
think he might have. He's, I mean, with his pace, I think he's probably spent most of his career in the uh, the outside backs, but um, can serve sort of any sort of role off the, the bench. It looks yeah. like he he made a lot of tackles on the weekend. I recall, which is um, you know like, mostly due to the possession possession rate that the, the yes, Roosters were. He had a lot of guys to tackle. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you. I look good player, very promising in future. If he can iron down sort of a particular spot. Um, you know, and make it his. That's probably not this year permanently. Then he's mm. one to look at. But um, yeah, I think as you say, there's there's too many um, ifs and buts. Yeah, he was a rare bright spot for Brisbane on Thursday night. But unless something long term happens to put James Roberts or Jack Bird out of a, a job and sort of gives him a reliable role, I'd be steering clear for now. Brings us to the end of the questions. Rich, thanks again for uh, joining us on the old fantasy pod. Chris, been an absolute pleasure. Love my time. And uh, to everyone else, we'll be back on um, Wednesday for the, um, the the preview video with Hayley Burns. We've got um, a few more podcasts to come this week. Steve Renoff on Wednesday afternoon, Jamie Soward podcast on Friday, the uh, Late Mail Crew podcast on Thursday. Keep an eye out for that one, all the late-breaking fantasy news and who to trade in and out on the eve of the weekend. And thanks again for joining us. <laughs>